Hey, you're listening to Tellius Talk, a podcast on being complete in Christ, hosted by Buzzsprout. I'm one of your hosts, Allie, and... I'm Wendell, the other host. Visit our Facebook page for more discussions, articles, things like that. Um, and this week's, uh, this month's episode, episode three, we are talking about sin again. Uh, it's episode or part two of our discussion on sin, and today's episode is called The Problem with sin. I kind of pulled some references out just to jump straight into this here. If you ask people about sin, most people don't call it sin. You kind of, you know, they, they say, well, yes, it was a lie, but they, they, it's bad, but they wouldn't call it a sin. And here's some of the more, more common uh, responses to the idea of sin. Um, one of them is, come on, it was just a little lie. So it doesn't matter, you know, a big lie is worse than a little lie. So it's okay. It was just a little lie, right? Little sin. Um, another comment was, they weren't using it anyway. <laughs> Think of it as borrowing indefinitely. <laughs> I like that one. Um, yeah, so like it wasn't stealing. They were, I was just borrowing it. I just forgot to give it back, you know. Um, or another one is, honestly, nothing happened. And then the last one that I kind of got when I was asking around was, oh, everybody does it. Don't be lame. You know, kind of like, yeah. you know, when kids are kind of being pushed towards things. But it must be age old. For older teenage boys to go, oh, come on, man, everybody's doing it. Come on, it's just a little bit, you know? Exactly. But anyway, so everybody has these excuses for, you know, kind of getting around sin. Oh, it wasn't a big lie or it wasn't really stealing. So here we are. We're going to be talking about the problem of sin. What's the big problem with sin? What is everybody so upset about? Well, you know, like we talked about last time when we were talking about what is sin, sin is any deviation from what, God has set as his perfect standard of righteousness. That includes, obviously, our actions, our words, our thoughts, our deeds, you know, things like that. But sin yeah. is, is simply doing what you know is wrong. Everybody's a sinner. And we, we talked about that last time as well. Our sin is a result of the sin of Adam. Nobody's righteous or good in God's eyes. We hear a lot of people say they'll go to heaven because they're good enough. Uh, that's, yeah. that's not supported. It's not biblical. You know, you cannot mm. be good enough to to go to heaven. And and everyone sins. You know, no, there's nobody who's without sin. So we're all we're born to it. Yeah, we're all painted with that same brush, like it or not. Yeah, there was a quote that um, you came up, you found by uh, famous preacher uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon or C. H. Spurgeon. Yeah. Um, kind of dug it up about sin and I, I kind of like what he says it's a long quote but uh i'll read it in its totality okay. so spurgeon says beware of light thoughts of sin at the time of conversion the conscience is so tender that we are afraid of the slightest sin young converts have a holy timidity a godly fear lest they should offend against god but alas very soon the fine bloom upon these first ripe fruits is removed by the rough handling of the surrounding world. The sensitive plant of the young piety turns into a willow in afterlife, too blatant, too easily yielding. It is sadly true that even a Christian may grow by degrees so callous that the sin which once startled him does not alarm him in the least. By degrees men get familiar with sin. The ear in which the cannon has been booming will not notice the slightest sound. 
I love that. You know, you're being bombarded with sin all the time. And, you know, exactly. the ear in which the cannon has been booming will not notice the slightest sound. Uh, he says, at first, a little sin startles us. But soon we say, is it not just a little one? Heard that before. Yeah. Then there comes another, a larger, and then another, until by degrees we begin to regard sin as but a little ill, not a big thing. Yeah. True, we trip a little, but we stood upright in the main. We may have uttered one unholy word, but for the most of our conversation, it has been consistent. So we palate sin. We throw a cloak over it. We call it dainty names. You know, we make we cover it up. Yeah. Christian, beware how thou thinkest lightly of sin. So Christians, be careful how lightly you think about sin. Take heed, lest you fall little by little. Sin, a little thing, is it not a poison? Who knows its deadliness? Sin, a little thing? Do not the little foxes spoil grapes, or do not the tiny coral insects build a rock which wrecks a navy? Do not little strokes fell a lofty oak? And will not the continual droppings wear away a stone? You know, so the constant pound, 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 you know, exactly. the erosion of the conscience. Yeah. Sin, a little thing, it girded the Redeemer's head with thorns and pierced his heart. I think this is what a lot of people forget is that, you know, we look about how it affects us, but do we actually give consideration of how it affects Jesus? You know, yeah. Christ, he's our Messiah. He died for our sins. And, you know, Spurgeon kind of puts it into perspective here. He says, sin a little, it girded or it wrapped itself around the Redeemer's head with thorns and it pierced his heart. Sin made him suffer anguish, bitterness, and woe. Could you weigh the least sin in the scales of eternity? Would you fly from it as a serpent and abhor the least appearance of evil? Look upon all sin that was crucified the Savior, and you will see it to be exceedingly sinful. doesn't matter how big or little the sin is. It, all sin is what crucified Christ to the cross. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we need to remember. So Spurgeon here, he illustrates how sin is treated by everyone. We play it down. We make it a small thing because, hey, everybody's sinful. So, you know, why fight it? Let's just accept it as part of our lives. Um, and that thing that once startled us and made us uneasy is now less uncomfortable than a piece of sleep in our eye. We brush it aside knowing it will return. Who cares? That's life. You know, I, I love that illustration too, you know. It's, you know, when you get like a little bit of gritty sleep in the corner of your eye and it kind of annoys you, but yeah. you wipe it away, it's gone, right? That's how people are treat sin. They just brush it aside because they know it's going to come back, but hey, that's life. Well, I think we need to talk about three different things. We'll touch on three points. Uh, the first problem I think we're going to talk about is the controlling of the sinful nature that cannot yeah. please God. And that's from Romans 8 verse 8. Those who are under the control of the corrupt nature cannot uh, please God. Yeah. And, and we talked briefly last time about the nature of man and our corrupt nature. And this verse from Romans 8, 8 talks about that nature. We see things in our lives that we, we almost excuse them as being who we are. Well, you know, 
that's what I do. Just, you know, yeah. if you're going to hang out with me, you need to just get used to me doing that thing. It's not healthy. It's not good. It's, it might be your nature of to be corrupted. Yeah. It might be your nature to be sinful, but that doesn't mean that you don't keep trying. It doesn't mean that yeah. you don't attempt but, to control it somehow at your end. Yeah. But what the, what apostle Paul is saying here though, is, is that he says all have sinned, right? Yeah, We've all yeah. sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So essential, all of us are under the control of sin. We are. Right? So as long as we are letting, as long as we are non-repentant, is would that be a good way to say it? As long as we are so. non-repentant, of our sin and we're not looking to Jesus through his sacrifice to forgive us from sin. As long as we don't accept those things, we will just continue to sin Yeah, because we don't have a choice. It's what controls us. Yeah. I think you have to allow a certain amount of control because you can't just say, well, I'm going to sin anyway. So I might as well let it happen. You have to put some effort in your life to, to controlling those things because it's not that sin cannot be controlled. It's what, what sin we allow to control ourselves. So what we give uh, partiality to. You, you say, I'm going to work on these things because they're really big and people can see them, but I'm going to let some of the other little things slide. You know, and and yeah. sometimes little things can be like language. People will, will let language go. Yeah. You know, they don't even give a thought to what that means. Like no one would dare take anybody else's name in vain sure. uh, looking at some of the other religious uh, groups out there but um but it seems to be very easy just to blaspheme the lord's name sure which you're right when you are under the control of the sinful nature it that's second nature right your yeah. language and your behavior is and even if you're a good person you're still sinful right but yeah that's we're right. under the control of sin and so but as soon as we step away from that as soon as we make that transaction um at the cross that's when we start to get bothered by those things because the simple nature is no longer in control right that's right that so, so there's that sleep in the corner of your eye now is more of a cataract you know yes something you can't brush away something that needs to be dealt with the first problem with sin is that it can control us we can allow sin to con- con- Control us, yep. and because of that, we cannot please God. The second second thought here comes from Romans again, Romans chapter six twenty three. The wages of sin is death, and I think that's a pretty popular verse. A lot of people throw that one around. And yeah, there's an old joke everyone's heard. You can count on taxes and death. <laughs> when Israelites begged God for a king in First Samuel eight, He told them two things. Asking for a king meant they had rejected God and a king would have demands and expectations. So this idea of taxes and death being something you can count on is, uh, dare we say, a biblical one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. So the sinful nature that we have leads only to one thing, and that's, yep. that's our death. Uh, it's that's, death, yeah. That's a problem. <laughs> Because well, yeah, it's a bit of a big problem, isn't it? Yeah, because when when it's, death when death comes, so comes our judgment. Yeah, and I was about to say that that's the 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 quote uh, that came to my mind. The verse is that 
um, you know, it's it's set for every man once to die, and after that, the judgment, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, everybody has to die. I mean, that's just part and parcel of our mortality. Correct. But we talk about second death, right? Right. If we talk about the resurrection and the life, we talk about the second death. So after you die, you face the judgment, then you face the second death, which is is hell separation exactly. from god right that's right and and that's the the third point that i was going to make the biggest oh, problem yeah. right into it I'm that's sorry. right so the biggest problem with sin is that sin separates us from god uh in isaiah 59 verse 2 it says but your iniquities are separating you from your god and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not listen yeah and that's not how god intended things to be when, no uh, this separation, God, when you look at the garden, Adam and Eve, he came yeah. and he walked with them and he talked with them and they sat and they had communion together. They were not communion as in the wine and the bread, but just being able to spend time together, you know? Well, that's why we have the word community, right? Community exactly, is just yeah. a, a getting together and having relationships with people. Well, okay, relationships. We're going to have to like censor everything now. Yeah, <laughs> having a relationship with people that is in a community-based way. But that's, yeah, he would come down and he would spend the evenings with, we know that he came down and God came down and spent evenings with Adam and Eve talking with them in the garden. And that was, and that was because there was no, there was no sin. The man, man had not perfect. sinned. Yeah. Um, so because of sin, then we can't, and that's have a relationship with him and, and he can't have that relationship with us. So the, the intention has been broken. That relationship has been, has yeah. been strained. Uh, is there anything that God cannot do? That's a question that we hear. It's a philosophical thing. Uh, the answer, yeah. the answer we find in Habakkuk one verse 13, your eyes are too pure to look on evil and you cannot tolerate wrongdoings. And that's why, uh, the whole that verse is really important about the separation thing because there's nothing that we can do to really make up for it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, his eyes are too pure to look on evil, and you cannot tolerate wrong. Over and over again in the Bible, we see that you know even when the the most righteous person, you know, whether it be Abraham or David, um, fell, Moses, you know, there was always a consequence for the disobedience. There was always a consequence yeah. for the sin. The ultimate consequences, you know, we were talking about is the second death is hell. But, um, and we're going to get to that in a different podcast because that's one of these hot potatoes people don't like to talk about. Sure. But, you know, what else is he supposed to do? Well, I think that's coming up next time when we do our next episode about the solution to sin. But, um, but yeah, you're right. It separates us from God. And that's not how God intended it to be. He wants us to be in communion with him. He wants us to be in a good relationship with him. He wants us to spend the rest of our lives with him. He's offered us the way out. So he's given us an out for the separation. Yeah. We, I don't know if you've seen any tracks. I've seen a few tracks. I used to work with a guy who would put tracks around at work. Yeah. Um, one of the illustrations that you see most often in, in a track will be, be this idea of God and man being separated by an impassable chasm. Yeah. You know, sin, yeah, I remember that. that yeah, cool. yeah. So sin and has the cross as being the bridge. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it is, it's the best way to look at it is that 
it broke the chasm, the, the, the sin broke the bridge between God and man. And it's, yeah, it's left that huge hole yeah. that we can't get across because we're not God. So, you know, just briefly, why else is sin a problem? You know, sin destroys, sin kills, sin is selfish, sin is prideful. Sin is the opposite of being holy. Sin, yeah. sin is deceitful. And sin is anti-God. It's, it's being against God. And yeah. we, don't, we don't necessarily do things intentionally, but we have a sinful nature. And, and that nature has all these things as their fruit. Yeah. You, know, we, you could talk about fruit of the Spirit. Well, here we go with the fruit of sin. Thank God, though, that he gave us conscience. Yeah. That he gave to us that could prick our attention. You know, when we... because. If you look, like we, we looked before uh, in the first episode about sin, about how the sin is recognized right across the board, across yeah. uh, cultures, across religions, uh, countries. Everybody has, everybody knows that sin is doing something that's bad. You know it, you feel it inside because we have that God-given conscience that lets us know this isn't a good thing. Yeah. But the problem is, what do we do with that conscience? What do we do with that, that pricking of the conscience that says, uh, this might not be a good idea. Because everybody knows it's wrong to kill. Everybody knows it's wrong to steal. Everybody knows it's wrong to lie. Everybody knows it's wrong to cheat, you know. But like you said, wait, you know, the problem is, is that we have this nature that defies, disobeys God. And that has created a huge problem for us and for him because it's not how he intended it to be. That's right. So switch, switch gears just a little bit. Um, sure. Talking about where did sin come from? This was another thing that we... I want to talk about this episode. Where did sin come from? And there's, I actually spoke to a pastor friend of mine because one of the questions you and I discussed was, well, did sin start in the Garden of Eden when Eve took the fruit? Or did sin start when Satan rebelled, then known as Lucifer? Um, you know, when he rebelled and took a third of the angels with him. Was that when sin started? Um, mm -hmm. And I think... Some people get kind of lost in that argument. Um, by that, I mean that they get so obsessed by trying to figure it out that yeah. they miss the point. Yeah. Point is that you know sin is disobedience, and so let's be clear about this: God didn't create sin; He allowed yeah. sin, right? That's why I don't want to get into the free will argument, but you know He gave us the ability to make a choice. He didn't want to make; He didn't make us as robots. He made us with people who have feelings and thoughts and we can make choices. And just like a parent, he gave us the right, you know, here's the right choices, right? Yes. So, you know, and to blame God for being complicit, you know, or being ignorant or being accepting of sin is to admit that you don't actually understand the nature of God. Exactly. You know? God um, can't sin. Perfect. You can't. You know, Habakkuk just said that. Your eyes are too pure to look on evil and you cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Um, the creation, uh, being man and, and, and the, the hosts of heaven, the, the heavenly beings, angels, um, they sinned, or we sinned voluntarily. Uh, you know, Romans said that, Roman, uh, Paul said in, in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12, that through, through one man, sin entered the world. Uh, sin was always there. It had been there since the fall. Let's just go with that. Mm -hmm. um, but it didn't enter God's perfect creation until man made that choice. But if God, uh, is, if God is sovereign all, over everything, including yeah. our desires, then yeah. doesn't that make God the author of man's desire to sin? 
that's a question many people have asked. Yeah. Um, you know, Genesis starts out, when we start within the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. That's the beginning of creation, the earth. Yeah. Um, but we get a glimpse in, in Isaiah, and I think it's in Ezekiel, and then there's somewhere in the New Testament where it talks about Satan being uh, thrown down. I think Jude actually refers to it. Um, but Genesis, the creation of the world, sin was already in the world because Satan had already rebelled. Yeah. You know? So then the other question is that you could ask, so if sin was already in the world and God allowed Satan to sin, can we say that God created angels and humans with the impulse to sin? I mean, there are some, there are some theologians who make the claim that God created us with the impulse to sin. But when God created everything, he said it was very good. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of an argument against that. Yeah, and, and again, you know, God is sovereign, right? I'll come back to that again. Does that mean that sin was part of his plan? It can't have caught him off guard. Uh, frantically yeah. grasping at ideas of, oh, no, this happened and I didn't plan for it. How do I fix this cosmic blunder? I can't, I can't imagine God acting that way, like, oh, no, right? Yeah. Um, to say that God permits things to happen does not mean that he causes them to happen. Mm -hmm. uh, Satan's fall and the plan of redemption must have always been part of God's eternal plan. It, it yep. must have always been there, right? And I think that's one of the mysteries that, like I said, some people get obsessed about it. Sure. But I think it's one of the mysteries that we may or may not have answered when this is all over and done with. You know, when we get to heaven and we see God and we, you know, we're able to have access to, to the answers to these questions. Maybe we will have the answer, but right now it's it's you know it's not the be all and end all. Um, it, the main point is that the Bible does not speak casually of the first sin, and it doesn't speak casually about any sins after that. Um, we have to acknowledge um, and believe that you know God can sometimes allow things to happen which He does not like. Um, there's hints in scripture in, in Isaiah 63 and it says, Oh Lord, why do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts so that we do not fear you? Um, you know, I, even Isaiah was asking why, why, why does this happen? Um, again, Isaiah 64, you have hidden your face and allowed us to melt in the hands of an iniqui iniquity. Does this mean that, you know, the cause of our sin can be linked to an absence of God in our lives? Does that even explain sin? I mean, th there's just so many questions um, that we can ask. But we know that the consequence of sin, like, for example, after Eve ate the fruit and Adam shared it with her, um, it says that they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. And what did they do? They hid. Yeah. Because they knew they had done something wrong. So when, they were, you know, yeah. were they drawn to sin because God was absent from the garden? You know? Was it because, hey, you know, we can't see God or we can't hear him, so who knows? Yeah, they, they may have had an impulse to sin. Um, talking about where did sin come from, perhaps God cloaked his glory in the presence of creation to see what desire right, would raise up in us. Maybe that's what happened with Lucifer as well. You know, yeah. there was a point where God cloaked his glory. Yeah. And, and what are the decisions that are made when you think no one's looking. Mm. Um, so Lucifer made his choice. We make our choice. We, the desires that come in our hearts, you know, mm -hmm. 
they seem to be sinful. Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards once said that the sun is responsible for both shining on a tree and the shadows that are created by that tree. The only mm. difference is how we perceive the sun and, and it's just ter- determined by what side of the tree we're standing on. So we're, we're standing yeah. on the side of the tree where the sun is, it's going to be bright. You stand yeah. on the other side of the tree opposite the sun, you're going to be in the shade. Mm. But that doesn't change the nature of the sun because the sun is light and in the shadow there's only darkness. I think that's, that's an interesting way of, of, of looking at that. And maybe that's why the Bible talks about our sin as being things done in the dark. Yes. Yes. You know, about hiding, you know, doing things in the, in the hidden place that will become, be brought out in the light. Yeah. 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 So <clears throat> we've looked at what is sin. Yeah. Um, we've now just looked at the problem of sin, the three big problems of sin that we have kind of looked at here is that um, we're all born into sin. We don't have any control over our sinful nature. Um, the second is that sin leads to death. Um, and the third thing is, is, is that it says sin separates us from God. God always has a solution. He always has a plan. And because sin isn't just like a problem in this life, sin is a problem eternally. Exactly. You know? So the next episode, we're going to discuss the solution of, of, to sin. Yeah, and I think um, that's that's important to. Uh, and, you know, if people don't want to wait till the next episode to find out, <laughs> messages on Facebook. Uh, we'll be glad to you know happy to answer the question before the episode. Um, but before we go, can we maybe have a quick chat, maybe about uh, what's in the forefronts of everybody's mind? And I don't want people to go, oh my gosh, and sigh. But um, COVID nineteen, the pandemic that's currently circling the world. Yeah. Um, I never thought I'd see something like this in our lifetime. No, it's, it's unprecedented. Like it's not that we haven't experienced pandemics around the world. It's how it's being done. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what's so different with the ability to travel as much as we do with yeah. the amount of trade that we do. Um, but also how we're dealing with it with yeah. how, how everyone is sort of saying, Hey, you know, what can I do to help? solve this problem as if there was something we could do yeah i said to my mom the other day i said it's gonna be weird it's gonna be like the first easter where churches are gonna be closed i wonder if that's ever happened ever before i don't know i don't know i know i've read a few things about the um the epidemic that came through canada was it just over 100 years ago and how there were institutions that were closed then but obviously yeah i wasn't around then <laughs> but the spanish flu that's what it was spanish flu came oh yeah it's the spanish flu yeah. yeah well it's it's very sobering it's a very sobering experience um and i just hope that um everybody that listens to the podcast um follows what they're being asked to do yeah um, it's not fun but it's for everybody's best interests and um it's a really good time to you know, when you're isolated, there's nothing better to do than read your Bible and pray. Yeah. So there's silver lining, right? There is a silver lining. For and we get to, look how much time we get to spend with our families too, right? <laughs> People aren't busy anymore. So no, it's kind of right. forces us to, to reconnect with our families. Yeah. It, it's funny too, because we had a power outage here today. And uh, I was at work, but my wife was with the kids. The power goes out. What are you going to do with your kids? Are you 
you have to spend time playing yeah. with them and talking to them and, and doing things with your kids. There's nothing wrong with that. So. Not at all. All right. So is that it for this episode? That is it. Can I go home now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're at home. I'm at home. Everybody's at home. That's one thing we all have in common. Everyone's at home. So uh, let's quickly close in prayer. Sounds good, man. All right. Uh, Father God, just talking about sin, uh, talking about how it affects our lives, where it came from, the fact that nobody is sinless, the fact that because of sin, there's a price to be paid, a price was paid for by Christ on the cross. If we would just accept it, that price will be paid by those who, who have not accepted when the time comes. Father God, just thinking about the fact that there is a solution to sin and the, uh, the promise that that brings to us. Father God, we also pray for those who are suffering uh, right now through the problems in this world, through this pandemic, through the issues that it causes uh, both in health and in commerce and all the other things that are affected by it. Uh, pray, Lord, that you would draw all men to yourself, that you would draw everyone to you through this, that they would look for something larger than themselves as a solution. Pray that you would go with everyone and bless them. In your name, amen. Amen. All right, so next month episode three on sin episode four for the podcast absolutely the all solution right. to sin as if we knew right <laughs> all right have a good evening brother you betcha we'll talk, talk to you later okay bye, bye.